0: Hello, welcome to another enthralling edition of My Mind with Stephen Taylor. Um we're we're back with more intro music and outro music because that's that's how we roll now. We're um we're big enough. Big enough rolling on uh our um small audience but We've got it, we've got intros and outros. You know, we are rolling on intro music now, which is good. It's good we're finally, I always say we, and um, it's not, it's a solo operation this one. It's uh, usually just me, sitting here, looking um, looking at stuff and talking about other stuff. It's uh, definitely not a wee situation, not getting big headed, not saying that I'm the only one that does work. I mean, you guys help a lot as well. I don't think I'd have half or quarter the, um, the people that actually do listen to it. Um, if it wasn't for you guys, all my, all my friends and family. So thank you for, um. We'll just listen to it. Really don't have to necessarily like it, but the support, the support does volumes, you know, I, um, I struggle to talk about myself in the third person. Have you ever met someone that always says, um, says like describes themselves out of, out of person, in a third person, like, Oh, Stefan doesn't like that. You know, there's one thing that Stefan knows and that's truck tires. Stefan knows all about truck tires. There's one thing Stefan can do is truck tires. I don't know Stefan to not know nothing about truck tires. No, it's, um, it's a strange way to speak about yourself. Instead of just, you know, I guess, I don't know, I guess it is pretty humbling. Nah, it's not humbling, it's just weird. It's just a strange way to open up and I guess it's a good icebreaker. You you know, you go away from that conversation thinking, oh man, that dude, what a weirdo or what a legend, you know? That takes a lot of moxie, a lot of uh, cojones to talk about yourself out of yourself <laughs> to talk about yourself like you're a different person. That's, um, that's some borderline crazy stuff. Isn't it really? I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not ideal how you want people to kind of remember. You don't want to be remembered as like the borderline schizophrenic that, um, talks themselves out, um, in, in character. Yeah. That's weird. It's, it'd be weird to wear that mask all the time as well. Cause then like every time you meet that person, you've got to you've got to keep that charade up. You've got to keep them keep them one or more. It's like you end up just turning into a monkey dancing on stage trying to trying to juggle your your third person characters. That's a that's a weird thing. I found that it's mostly people that aren't very interesting <laughs> in my own experience, they talked about themselves in the third person or um, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Is it a generational thing or is it like, is it like you're trying to break the, break the fall fall and break like the character and like seem really intricate and like intriguing, like people want to know more about you because you talk about yourself in a third person. That's strange. Oh, it doesn't make me want to know anybody anymore if they um continue to refer themselves in the third person. It's a strange thing. I don't think I'll ever climb that mountain. It's a um Ah it's just weird. Anyway. I won't continue to talk about that. What I was going to talk about was um, I, I, I took a I took a week off from doing it because life life's been a bit hectic at the moment. It's been a crazy. It's been a bit. Hey, how you going? Stefan's had a crazy week, you could say. <laughs> if there's one thing Stefan knows, it's about crazy weeks. Um, but actually, my, in all seriousness, my um son got his tonsils and adenoids uh, removed last week this time last week it's been a week since and uh, he's de- he's doing better he's definitely doing better he's back to kind of talking normal it's um it was strange at first i'm only just getting used to his new voice now he um he used to have this like deep deep voice i'd say you know he he, go mate. Are you you doing alright? You want something new? We're like yeah, mate. Right. No worries. I'll do that. You know, he's like your regular Joe Blow tradie, and now he's got this really innocent voice. It's like he actually sounds like a five-year-old now, which is um, yeah, it's a bit strange for for me to to listen to him now because he's got this such sweet innocent voice, and then when he you know gets a bit upset. Yeah, it's, it's pretty darn cute. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he got them taken out and that was a bit hectic. And then I had a bit of car trouble. My um, car's been playing up a little bit, which is, it just sucks. It's like, I don't know. I'm not like mechanically sound, but I do understand I can... Do things to a car, and it may or may not make it go better, or it may or may not make it work better. Sometimes I do it, and it works fine. But other times I do it, and then I have to take the mechanic anyway. So lately, I've been of the um, of the thought: just take it to a mechanic. Don't um, don't mess around. But yeah, Whew, it's been a bit. Uh, yeah been a bit of a a bit of a tough one tough week and a big week of work as well you know how it um how it works you know is um well now that the weather's getting better people want to come out more and eat which is no issue i'm more than happy to cook for people i worked at um i'm actually thankful at this job we have um good closing and opening times. It's not really um, detrimental. It's not really bad. You know, some opening times are good if you're a customer, but they suck if you're an employee. Like I worked at this one place that was open from 6am to 6am the next day. So it was open 24 hours, which sucked. It was hard. It was a hard gig. Um, and, you know, there was only some times where you yeah, had um, someone doing an overnight shift. I thankfully touch wood. I only only um, did it at one place. I didn't do it at this place, which is good. You know, I didn't really want to. Family man, family man, as um, one of my colleagues once said, you've got the golden ticket, mate. You, you've got a golden ticket. doesn't matter what you do you can always say he's sick you'll always get a day off work you always get he wasn't um he wasn't british uh, <laughs> i just thought I'll nah, throw that one in there um but you always used to say kids kids are there are the golden ticket if you if you need a day off then all you need to say is your your kid's sick or you got to take your your you kid away because he's, you know, got something on. Nine out of ten, this is what you say, nine out of ten times, an employee is going to believe you, you know. You're not going to believe me if I've got gastro. You're just going to think i have you know, think I'm avoiding work, you know. The golden ticket, that's what kids are for the working man, for <laughs> the working class men and women of our society. Kids are just golden tickets. And you know, obviously there's people that take advantage of the fact, but for the most part, people are pretty honest and, um, pretty genuine about it. But, um, I was talking to one of my friends, uh, and I said some things on the last, um, my last episode and, um, he, he he laughed, you know, he's a good guy. Um, but he didn't like the voice I did (laughs) because it takes the, um, It's poking fun at another guy we worked at, and he didn't like it that I was um, I was making fun of him. Well, not making fun of him, telling the story as him, and then using the voice of the person that we um, we used to make fun of. So he didn't like that. So I'm going to apologise. Very apologise to him, but I'll do it on a public forum. um, You know, for the whole twelve people listening. Watch that. I'll um I'll definitely apologize, but um it, well anyway we got talking about um just you know we we worked at a, a place together, and we're talking about you know this and everything else, and we're you know being you know having a bit of nostalgia, talking about all the guys we used to work with and all this stuff, and we had one guy, and he was just this crazy dude, but like back then. We didn't realize how wise this guy was, you know, he was, he was like, he knew, he knew everything. He was the wise, he was like the three wise men, but one man, (laughs) you know, he knew all the secrets and all the, uh, everything. Uh, he knew all the secrets. He knew exactly what work was and we didn't, we were so not ignorant, but we were like, no way this guy's rubbish or whatever. But Anyway, a couple of instances, we, um, you know, we're just working or whatever. And he was, um, we're doing a renovation in the kitchen. So we had to move to a smaller kitchen space and work out of there. And traditionally um, when you have a pizza, it's cut into eight pieces, (laughs) right? And um, even gluten-free, so gluten-free, Bases are generally like maybe a one or two inches smaller than your standard um, pizza base. And uh, this guy, he's on the, on the pizza section and he's making pizzas and then putting them in. And he always just saying, Oh, look, man, you know, two takes me one minute. These guys over here taking six, 16 minutes throwing throwing their hands in the air, waving jazz hands. He always just got jazz hands waving in the air. They don't care. Look, man, they don't care, man. Look, just get over there get it done throw it in you know and one day uh gluten-free pizza comes in comes out you know we're getting railed or whatever and he cuts it and no one sees him cut it (laughs) but he cuts it and then goes go look look man there's your pizza go go get it go send it to the table and the waitress comes back and she's like chef this pizza's only cut in four (laughs) And he's like, hey, hey, look, man, it is what it is. I'm just trying to make it easy for them. Instead of cutting eight, I cut four. And I, look, man, I don't know what they're sharing, but that's what they're getting. Look, that's what it is. It is what it is. You know, and he'd always you can't see it, but I'm throwing my hands in the way, of, you know, doing jazz hands. And that's what he always used to do. He always used to do the flail and the jazz. Look, look, it is what it is. And um now when we when we talk about it we talk about our jobs or we talk about other jobs that we've had since then, we realise that he had the secret because a lot of times in my day and in my friend's day, we just say, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Can't believe it. It is what it is. You know, he knew the secret, you know, he used to say, look, look, 15 years, 15 years, I've tangled with the best. I've served with the best. I've cooked with the best. And look, I'm still standing. Look, it is what it is. And um, he, he, um, one time, another time, right? Uh, This is after the Renault's, He was um, making a salad. And uh, I don't think he knew what was in the salad. (laughs) But, um, you know, he, um, he starts throwing it. He's like, "Oh, look, look! This goes in this, this with that, that. Yep, they go well together. Look, look! It is what it is. Throw a couple of jazz hands, make it look pretty, and there it goes." And he sends it out. And the waitress is like, um, "Oh, chef, there's um, meant to be no feta in this salad." And he, and he, he turns around to her and he's like, "Look, look! It's better that way. Look, trust me. Look, I know it's not on the menu, but look." Trust me, it's better. It'll be better that way. Just take it. Take it out to them. See what they say. I guarantee you, it'll be better. (laughs) Oh, the waitress is stubborn as she was like, no, not having it. So uh, he ended up conceding and going, ah, look, man, look, you know, you can't do anything, you know, jazz hands. Can't make anything nice for these people. You know, white, you know, (laughs) overprivileged white people in in their Range Rovers. You know, that's what he used to say. Look, man, look, look. is what it is that that's what it is uh he was a funny he was a weird dude he was um but he was the second coming if you're you know if you've been in hospitality 10 years and you've worked at enough places and not just one place you realize that it is what it is (laughs) and it doesn't matter how hard you work or how much like how many rocks you push up the hill just for them to fall back down on you? It is what it is. Like that's hospitality. That's life, you know, like it's the best analogy and also the worst analogy. It is what it is. Because you can't stop it being from what it is. Most of the time. It's it's unfathomable. <laughs> you know, like it's immovable, it's indestructible, it never it never stops being what it is. So yeah, I thought I'd share that bit of um Bit of kitchen knowledge for you because it, look it is what it is throwing jazz hands in the air you know um but he was a, he was the one of the craziest chefs i'd ever worked with for sure and just mentally a little bit unhinged and you know it it always gets dragged into the conversation that Um, To be in a kitchen, you need to be unhinged. Well, I'll tell you, I was unhinged before I got in kitchens. I was already like, um, I was already a little bit cuckoo, you know, before I started working in kitchens. If anything, working in kitchens made it more acceptable for me to be who I am, which definitely made it a lot better. You know, I uh, I talk about it sometimes, you know, you're just chasing rabbit holes down a hole. You just keep going. You just keep digging for that, like that joke, um, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause you're, you know, it's not that you have to be unhinged to be in a kitchen. It just helps if you're, you know, straight to 180 uptight and you don't really understand how, um, how something is funny in like a, in a kitchen, whatever the joke may be, then you might struggle a little bit. You know, because you—it's not clicky. Kitchens aren't clicky. You know, like they're a lot of the time. You turn up to a kitchen and you work in that kitchen, and that's it. You just work. You have a bit of a bit of fun. You know, you um, you know, bust each other's balls a little bit, and then you then you leave. You go home. You clean up, and and that's it. You leave all your all your stuff at the door. I think that's probably my favorite thing about. Um, working in kitchens is that 90 percent of the people you work with they always just leave it at the door eh? because they know it's got no reason to be in a kitchen you know you can poke fun at anything you know mainly or well, not anything but generally the only things that you pick you know you pick on each other is like work ethic or you know like your food presentation and stuff like that you know you just And it's all doing that to excel each other. You know, like it's, it's all like learning. It's all like you're feeding each other. So you get better, you know, like you don't want to go to work and then just get like, get pooed on, you know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to get better. So you're you're not necessarily, you're the one doing it, but you're not the, you're not the one getting picked on. Cause you know, we—if you don't know—I'll tell you, chefs, we're sharks. You know, we're all about alphas. You know, that's like the the hardest thing about being a chef as well is like there's so many alphas. There's so many like there's a lot of chiefs and not enough Indians. And Look, it is what it is. <laughs> that's um, that's that's just the. That's how it has to be, you know, you, you look to one person to make all the decisions for you. And all you have to do is listen to them and follow it. You know, that's the that's the real secret. If you can stand there, if you're a young guy and you can stand there and take orders and like, you know, nine out of 10, nine out of 10 times get pooed on, you'll make it, eh? You'll make it in the chef and world. But if you can't stand there and take it, and then you try and give it back and you just get pooed on, and then you get frustrated and cranky and, <clears throat> and pout in the corner, you know, you're going to have a harder time for sure. You know, you got to be, you know, it's quid pro quo. You know, you got to be able to take it, bury it deep down, like some Gary Cooper stuff, you know, keep it buried deep, deep down, stay strong and silent, you know, and then when you go home cut loose and have a couple of um well a couple of beers couple of bevies a couple of um couple of dads a couple of ciggies you know a couple of glasses of jammo and then switch off and do it again and that's the best part you get to do it all over again when um i enjoyed my training i had like good chefs around me and like um good people you've always got one or two um Crazy people. Oh, oh. <laughs> excuse me. I remember um, this one guy we had. He was um, he was crazy, and he he just used to, he used to work at this steakhouse uh, in oh I can't remember where, but like somewhere in the city, and um, he was like known to be. This, um, you know, a guy that can cook a steak, you know, and the, uh, you know, for sure, right? You know, I guess you know people can cook. Pe- people are known for cooking steaks. Anyway, this is what this guy was like known for. And I remember one one service, you know, I was just like doing dishes or whatever, and you know, he's getting railed, and you know, he 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 must have missed a call because the the chef said. Um, where's, um, I need a world well on steak. Right. And, um, he was an Indian bloke and he was like, um, I don't want to, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, but I'm not poking fun at Indians. I'm trying to poke fun at him as a person, you know, it's hard to, um, I can't remember his accent because it was such like, it wasn't like an uptight Indian or like Nepalese or anything like that. He was like a pretty laid back, chill Indian. He was a cool guy, man. He was a cool guy. It's just, um, just a little bit weird, you know, just a strange, strange person. Anyway, he was like, um, chef, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know where the, where the, where the steak has gone. Is that, is that Indian? Um, I feel like that's not Indian. Um chef. No. Nah. Um anyway. So the chef asked for a well-done steak. And the guys are, like, oh chef, I do not I do not know. I don't I don't have it. I do not have it. That's more African, actually. That's definitely not Indian. The, anyway, for the I can't do an Indian accent right now, so he's gonna be African. Oh, Chef. I, I, I do not know. I do not know where, where this steak is. I do not know where he just gone. <laughs> and um he's like well, I need it. I need it now. And you like, the, have you ever been to a Chinese restaurant and they serve you like the Mongolian lamb on like the sizzle plates? Well, there, there's a lot of them in the kitchen, right? And he grabs them. He grabs his steak, throws them the grill, and he's like, oh, chef, it Three minutes. Give to me three minutes. It's going to be done. I don't know what accent this is, but we're just going with it. Three minutes. It's going to be done. And he gets like the sizzle plates and he just puts like six of them on the steak on the grill. And I swear this steak, it looks like it's gone through the char grill because it like (laughs) the world. It was definitely well done, but it looked like it looked like a sponge (laughs) that like had the the grooves of the grill in it. <laughs> like it was like thick, thin, thick, thin, thick skin, you know, like, like waves through it and like, oh my God, it looked like the most horrible thing. Um, but, you know, this guy was like known for steaks and then he, he, <laughs> he you know, disintegrated it through a, through a char grill, um. Yeah, I'm going to apologize for the Indian African South American accent that I just can't do. I don't know why I can't do an Indian accent. I usually can Goods um, we have tiki marsala, the tiki chef. It is going to be three minutes, three minutes on the steak with the butter chicken. No, nah, that's just too racist. I can't do it. That's weird, eh? Usually I can. Um, it's weird that I did like a breakdown on like how to do accents, but like right now I just can't do one. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even like imitate an Australian person. I went to British. I don't know why. That's like the Australian in me. Like just all thinks that like British people are bad guys, even though they're not, they're quite nice people. I've known a fair few British people over the years and they've all been very nice. Um. Yeah, so that, that's um that's all the stories I've got this week. I'm only going to do a short one this week because I'm life's been a bit hectic, so we're only going to do a short, short and sweet one this week. But um, hey, look, fa- thanks for listening, thanks for um, tuning in, and if you got any, if you know a story about me in a kitchen send it through and I'll happily send it through to, to, um, whatever the email is that I keep banging on about that. I, um, can't remember. I'm just going to check it on, on my phone to see what the, um, the actual email address is. Cause I can't remember. Either. Um, yeah. If you send it to my mind at my mind, my mind podcast at gmail.com, Send it to that, send a story of of one that you want shared and I'll leave the names out. But you know, if I know the story, I'll happily tell it. Or if I've told it, you know, tell me that I told it wrong or I told it right. But if you've got one, let, let me know. Cause I guarantee there's a lot of us out there and we have a lot of stories and they're all funny. I mean, you don't have to focus on like the absolute positives of kitchens all the time. You know, like it's funny to, <laughs> it's, it's some of the stories are just hilarious, you know, they're so funny, and they're only funny to people in hospitality, unfortunately. For all the people not in hospitality, like it's like, um, you know, if if you're a if you were like a plain dude and you're told a I don't know any plain jokes because I'm not a plain dude, but I'm sure they wouldn't be funny to me, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna like. Yeah, I only tell hospitality stories because they're the funniest ones, in my opinion, because I'm in hospitality. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to wrap it up. We're only going to do a quick um, short one this week. So thank you. Thanks for listening. And um, I'll get back on schedule and I'll do another one next week and I'll do a longer one because I've got some stuff I want to vent about. Some Xbox stuff. And i guarantee there's going to be stuff that's built up over the weekend in my hospitality working week. So and um, yeah so thank you and um, we'll chat soon I'm sure so I've realised that I need to do outro stuff Um, so I'm just gonna Oh, I'll try and do an Indian accent for like a couple of minutes while the outro music kind of plays so then it's just not like outro music just there just music at the end i'll try and put some voice to it um no is that a song that's not a song um um what's a what's an indian word bang bangladesh bangladesh in new delhi New Delhi, New Delhi, India. We are from India. That sounds so African. What's going on? Um. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not culturally insensitive. It's just how I think they sound, which sounds really culturally insensitive. But it's not. I love all cultures and all beings and all people on Earth you know just say so you no. Know. it's all a joke really it's not like it's not to be taken to. it's like when ricky gervais did like the golden globes like he didn't do it because he hates hollywood like he did it because it's funny you know that's what i'm doing trying to be funny but um that's cool i'm happy with it not being funny and you can get like offended by it i'm sure like it'll be okay it'll be all right all right there's that outro music there we go